Do you do a good job showing your gratitude to your employees? Most leaders will tell you they don't do a good enough job. So what impact does your gratitude have on your employees and on your bottom line? Are you taking people for granted and missing the opportunity for your employees to feel appreciated by you? In our episode of Catch Em and Keep Em today, Mark is discussing the number one reason that leaders fail to show their gratitude to employees and how to get beyond that. Stay tuned to the end because I'm also going to share with you the three things that I have found to personally be most effective in helping to create an attitude of gratitude within yourself and a, a culture of gratitude within your company. So thank you for being with us today. Welcome to the Catch Em and Keep Em podcast with Melissa Glennie and Mark Altman. We're here to help you hire, engage, and retain the best talent to help you make your vision a reality. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Catch and Keep Them podcast. I cannot believe that we are two weeks from Thanksgiving. Uh, Mark, I, I don't know uh, whether to be grateful for the fact that it's Thanksgiving and it's my favorite holiday of the year or grateful that we're that much closer to 2020 being over. Wow. I mean, you know, those are two great examples of being grateful. Melissa, honestly, I think teeing up what you're describing, it's something to me, gratitude and being grateful is a mindset. And I think it's really important that, you know, when you wake up every day, you have a choice. You can look at what you're grateful for, or you can look at what you're disappointed in or where your expectations aren't being met. And um, so, yeah, I'm grateful for both of those things. And some time, yeah. some, t- some downtime during the holidays to boot. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing about Thanksgiving. It's just, there's no pressure. <laughs> eat and chill. So we're all super grateful right now. And, you know, if you're a leader, um, have you thought about the impact that gratitude has on your work environment and when you're showing gratitude to your employees and, and really how that ties into being a great boss? And I mean, what is a great boss anyway? Well, I had a conversation a couple of days ago about something similar. And I asked a leader, how they recognize and appreciate their team. And the response is, well, to be honest, I'm kind of struggling coming up with things to recognize and appreciate them for, for, appreciate them for. And my instinctive reaction was that's interesting because it makes it sound like the way he explained that, that his team isn't very good. And so I didn't actually take it that way, even though perhaps that was the obvious interpretation. And I said, well, is it that, you can't find things to be grateful for. Or you haven't set expectations very well of what you want and what you would be grateful for. And I think, Melissa, gratitude to me, the way I look at it is it's a path to your heart. And I think about when I decide what I'm grateful for, if I express that gratitude and if I tell the people that work for me why I'm grateful, um, it makes me feel better. It's almost selfish because there's a selfishness by expressing gratitude, I feel like I'm doing other people a solid. So I think one of the biggest challenges with gratitude is, I think sometimes people don't know how to frame what they should be grateful for, especially in the workplace. You know, I think that you're making an interesting point because a lot of times, I I remember working for a, a VP in the past and I was talking with him one day about how to, help an underperforming employee to step up her game. And 
we were tossing ideas around. I said something about, you know, let's give her some special recognition. And, and it was interesting because his response was, well, I don't want to be doing something like that for someone just simply because they're doing their job. And there was this, it, it seemed like there was this idea that has to be above and beyond for us to you go out of our way to say thank you. That's maybe a generally accepted impression that we have about expressing gratitude. And I think that that's kind of short-sighted because you don't have to wait for something that knocks your socks off to be grateful. Well, I think, I think it all starts with our personal lives, Melissa. And I think what, what it comes down to is the stereotypical roles, uh, fair or unfair, the stereotypical roles a husband and a wife, for example, have in a relationship. So if the wife is doing cooking and cleaning, and I believe me, let me just acknowledge that I agree these are outdated and stereotypical, but I'm just using them as an example. If the wife's doing cooking and cleaning and the husband's out doing errands, okay, then how often do the husband and wife actually acknowledge one another for the things they're quote unquote supposed to be doing or the things they do in the everyday part of their life? For me, when people cook for me, I'm so excited when people cook for me that I make sure I'm very grateful to that. And so I use that as an example because there are standard things we all do every day that are just have become part of our responsibilities and part of who we are, but we don't not get credit for them. Like what, why, if it's supposed to be what we're doing, do we not get credit? And so I think in the workplace, part of the challenge is if you fulfill every requirement or most requirements on your job description, now here's the chemalist, you don't go above and beyond. You do exactly what is asked of you and you're good at doing what's asked of you. Why aren't we grateful for that? Like, why does that not count? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've had the experience of, you know, an employee, keep maybe somebody that's a key support to you going away on vacation and you cover for them. Hmm. And man, when they come back, it's like, wow, am I glad you're here. <laughs> but, but, you know, we take for granted over time, I think. And we don't yeah. realize that in some cases, I think even we, we might even feel like the job isn't getting done exceptionally well. So you know, why would you express all this gratitude when yeah, you feel like it could actually be better? But at the end of the day, as leaders, we have to make decisions about what to delegate. And the sheer fact that we can hand something off, it's done reasonably well, it allows us to move forward and, you know, achieve things that we've decided are need to be on our own plates. You know, I think that there's really value in that. And, and, and I think expressing gratitude for people simply because they're able to support you in that way, um, you know, that can be the, the, the very simple uh, way of going about it. Well, and I think you touched upon something, Melissa, that goes under the radar a lot. And that is, it's a variation of what I said, when people do their job, but maybe not perfectly, and maybe not the way you as the boss would have them do it. Maybe you'd have them do it a little different way. Maybe you'd have them do it a little quicker, a little better, whatever. And I think that takes away some gratitude sometimes because it's one thing for people to do it, but if they don't do it up to your standards and your level of performance, I think as leaders often uh, get distracted by that and also forget the importance of gratitude in situations. I was doing some research in preparation for this show for a little while, and some of the stats that I came across were really interesting. There was an, a study out of the University of Pennsylvania that was done on um, call center salespeople, and they determined that the results of the calls in, in successfully selling increased by 50% when, when the employees' managers 
expressed to them that they were grateful for them. And so it's really interesting to me how I think when I think about gratitude and expressing that to employees, I, we, I think we would all generally expect that they're going to be more engaged when they're being shown gratitude. But some of the you know, benefits that came out of that study were really interesting, aside from just the success, increased success on the job itself, but the employees, um, you know, their health, their um, immune systems, you know, less sick time, better blood pressure, better ability to handle stress and things of that sort. So, you know, it kind of has this cascading effect across the whole population. Um, to, and I know that you coach a lot on, on employee engagement. And so I'm, I'm curious to know how you approach executives in you know, this concept of showing appreciation to employees. And sometimes it's difficult because of course they tend to be focused on ROI and it's very difficult to quantify time and energy spent in employee appreciation. So when they're choosing their key initiative, it may seem like, oh, that's kind of fluffy. Like, well, why do we want to be focusing our energy on that? Um, do you run up against any resistance? And you know, how do, what do you say to help them realize the benefits? Well, a couple of things. So first, I think there are two two areas that um, are I try to coach uh, leaders on when it comes to gratitude. One uh, one is looking for non obvious opportunities to be grateful, and I'll give you a perfect example. Two perfect examples. One is if you're having a meeting, um, and people are being inundated with meetings, it seems these days. But if you're having a meeting and you have someone that speaks up in the meeting that doesn't normally speak up, and you as a leader pull that person aside after the meeting and say, listen, Melissa, I got to tell you, I know you don't usually uh, speak up in meetings, but I thought the point you made was awesome today. I really appreciated your contribution. I really value your input and I'm really appreciative of it all. That person has probably never got a compliment like that in their life because if they don't normally speak up and then all of a sudden they have the confidence and courage to speak up and now you're being recognized for it and you're being appreciated for it, that's an example of a non-obvious compliment. And my other non-obvious compliment, Melissa, would be when you're working on a habit change. If you've been talked to about your performance improvement and you've made an honest effort to improve a habit, instead of just having the expectation, well, I'm the boss and I told you you need to do it, so do it. It would be, hey, you know what? I noticed you've really been making an effort on what we talked about. It means a lot to me. I really appreciate that. So, so that's where it starts to me, Melissa, is non-obvious opportunities to give compliments. And the second point I wanted to make was we have to go above and beyond. And here's what, that's a, that's a fluff expression. So let me be clear what I mean by above and beyond. I had a woman this morning who attended one of my workshops and she actually went out of her way to advocate for me to the director of HR and make a referral. She didn't have to do that. She could have just sent me the guy's name and contact information, but she reached out at my request on my behalf. What do people typically do in a situation like that? They'll send an email saying, thanks so-and-so, I really appreciate that you took the time to do that, which is nice. But what if I did something more than that? What if I sent her a $25 Starbucks gift card? What if I did, what if I let her, if she was an employee, let her go home early one day to spend a little more time with their family? Thank yous are great. And emailed thank yous are okay, right? But at the end of the day, what are you going to do if you're a leader and you want um, to see the ROI and value of expressing gratitude in the ways I just said, then you better measure 
things like employee retention and employee engagement and productivity. Because if you don't measure those things, it's going to always feel nebulous because you're comparing it to nothing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's my final point is you've got to establish what are the metrics that you're looking to improve if you're going to make the investment of time, energy, and money in gratitude and appreciation. We're going to move on next to the number one reason I have found that people have for looking to leave their employers and how you can think differently about how you thank your employees so that you can minimize the chances of them looking elsewhere. But first, if you're interested in learning how to recruit, engage, and retain a high-achieving team, then we encourage you to subscribe and follow us wherever you choose, be it Spotify, Podbean, or YouTube. We appreciate your likes, your shares, and your feedback so we can all keep learning together. All right, let's dive back in. The other day, I was just thinking about how many interviews I've done, and on my average week, based on the number of years in the industry, which I'm gonna stop talking about the number of years I've been doing this now. <laughs> I think we all get it. Um, I've done over 20, uh, 20, 20 something thousand interviews at this point. And if I had a nickel for every time I spoke with someone who was looking for a new job because they felt like they weren't valued in their current position, uh, I, I might not be retired, but I'd be a lot richer. Um, it's, it's really one of those major pain points for people when they're passively looking. So, you know, I bring that up because, um, you know, to your point, I think that a lot of times managers just don't know really how to say thank you to employees in proper ways. And there's something that you said that I, that really resonated with me because I think it's important and you're so good at this. I, I, I observed this in the past in the way that you compliment and you say thank you to people is that it's different when you say thank you to someone for producing a result, mm. essentially thanking them for that result, than when you say thank you for, I'm grateful for you. It's a different, totally different way of expressing your gratitude. I almost feel like the result, when you, when you say thank you for the person, it's, it's more likely to establish a connection it's just that human to human, if you're saying thank you for a result, it's more likely to be a kind of a transaction. And it almost leads to this, well, tis for tat. So I, over time, you know, I produced this now, now what are you gonna do for me? Um, so I think it's a completely different game. Yeah, I, I think that's so compelling. I, um, but I wanna ask you, Melissa, because I think you make, that this, to discern between those two things is so huge. And I'm, I'm sitting here as you were talking, thinking to myself, so let's say you and I had 50 leaders in front of us right now. And we said to all 50 leaders, do you think you do a good job appreciating and showing gratitude to your team? And let's just assume in this hypothesis that 40 of the 50 leaders say, you know what, probably we could do better. And they're self-aware and they know. If we were to ask them why they're not doing a better job of that, what do you think the number one reason would be they would give for why they're not doing a good enough job showing gratitude and appreciation? I guess I, I could answer you as what I would say if okay. I'm one of those leaders. Yep. Um, I'm always focused on what we haven't done, what we still need to do, what the next thing is. And it's, it's hard for me sometimes to pause, and that's why I have to schedule it, to reflect on what we have accomplished and what I'm, I, let me say it this way, reflect on what I'm grateful for. And then I realize, aha, 
look at all of that. Like, look at what we have done. I, I won't, I don't look to the past. I'm looking towards the future. And so it gets by me. Yeah, I think you're spot on. That's exactly the point I was trying to make. That so many times when leaders don't do things that they allegedly should, okay, it's not because they don't think it's important in a lot of cases, although actions kind of could argue differently, but it's that they don't slow down enough to reflect, like you said. They don't, they don't take the time to go, oh my God, I haven't appreciated Melissa. It's been two, three, four weeks. I haven't even said how much I appreciate her hard work and how she's working, coping with COVID and so on and so forth. And so that ultimately, it keeps coming back down to that, Melissa. You know, part of the reason why people don't do certain things, some of it's they don't have the knowledge, some of it's they don't have the skills or experience, and some of it's confidence, and some of it's they just don't make the time to do it. And so if you're sitting here listening to this podcast, and you're sitting here listening, you're going, oh my God, boy, Melissa makes some really good points about that. That's not our goal. We don't want you to agree with us. We want you to do something about it. And so the idea here is that for you to, at the end of this podcast today, for you to be self-aware enough to say, I'm making a choice. And the choice I'm making is not to allocate time to reflect on the, on the present and the past, as opposed to focusing too much on the future. And listen, that's what you and I need to keep drilling down to our clients and leaders that that's what it's all about. It's the choices and the commitment and the time. Mark, you know, kind of on the flip side here, uh, do you think it's possible to go overboard with gratitude in the workplace? Well, you know, it's an interesting question because part of building on what we were just talking about, part of the struggle for certain leaders is they have it in their own mind that they don't need gratitude and appreciation and recognition themselves. Yep. And then it becomes high maintenance to need it, right? And so we're, we've got two situations, going overboard, doing it extreme either way. So one extreme is not doing it even close to enough because you don't value it personally. And that's not how you should lead based on what you personally value. But then to your example of going giving it too much, I think giving it too much is a problem because I think it becomes, um, it feels more forced and, you know, when I, when I get a compliment, I want to feel like it's genuine and authentic. And I don't think either of us, Melissa, and, and I'm going to default to defer to you on this, but I don't think there's a magical formula for doing it once a week or once a month or there's no set number. Part of it is feel. Part of it is situational awareness. But I will say that I think if it happens too much, it loses its value and can get tuned out, frankly. I, I agree. I think that it has to be genuine. And so if it's genuine, it's going to come as it comes. <laughs> uh, I knew a guy once, he had a brilliant, I, I loved his, his system that he had set up for himself because he had over 20 em employees directly reporting to him. And so he would start the day with however, however many number of coins in his pocket. And throughout the day, as he connected with each employee, not necessarily to show gratitude, but just to connect he would transfer a coin to his other pocket. So by the end of the day, if they weren't all on the other side of his pants, then he knew he'd, he'd missed some. That's, and so cool. he would, That's really cool. What a great story. He would make sure he hit everybody every single day. Wow. Um, so, you know, I think that having that kind of a system, just something to keep you aware is a good idea, a good mechanism. But, um, you know, to your point, I don't think that you can 
genuinely have an opportunity every single day. You can't really force when that's going to happen um, to, to show gratitude. And I think the other thing too is, you know, like you've talked about love languages and I, every individual is different. And I've noticed times in my career as a manager when my intention was positive and the way that my message came through or the way that I um, expressed the appreciation to someone, it didn't quite land the way I was expecting it to. And as I reflected on things, I realized, you know, everybody wants to be appreciated and recognized, I think in individual ways. And it's up to the leaders to understand their people enough to be able to know, you know, for one, what's gonna feel good and what for another might actually feel uncomfortable. So I, I think that when, when we ask, is there potentially too much or overkill? Yeah, and it can be an individual situation. Well, I wanna give you uh, and give our listeners a very specific example related to gratitude around giving feedback and receiving feedback. And I'm gonna give you a very, uh, I have this thing, Melissa, I do with conversation intelligence. It's called Rookie Pro All-Star. You and I are both sports fans and uh, hopefully a lot of our listeners are sports fans, but even if you're not, you'll get it, right? So the idea behind Rookie Pro All-Star is you have three ways to handle something. Rookie's the worst, pro's decent, and all-star's the best, okay? So let's pretend you are a leader and you're in a meeting and someone shares an idea, okay, of a way to solve a problem or do something. The rookie response from the leader would be, yeah, I don't think that would really work because blank, 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 and keep moving. No validation, no feeling heard, just it doesn't work, let's keep going. Yeah. The pro version is, you know what, that's, that's an interesting thought. I, let me ask you some questions about that idea, right? But the, the all-star version, Melissa, is where the gratitude comes in. And the all-star version is when you acknowledge the person for their critical thinking process. You acknowledge the person for the idea. You acknowledge the person for taking the time to invest in a problem that maybe may not change their world, but it could help the team or it could help the company or could whatever. And I think that so much of virtual leadership and hybrid leadership now is the word engagement. And if you're wanting to engage human beings by recognizing when they contribute, how they contribute, and even in a simple thing like giving feedback, you can give a compliment to someone for giving feedback that you have no idea how that will impact their day by sharing their gratitude and appreciation. So the pro, the pro version would be fine. The all-star version would be fine, but we want you to be an all-star. We don't want you to settle for being a pro. So that was just an example I thought of to support your point and the impact um, that gratitude can certainly have. Well, you know, I love that, Mark. I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier um, in not having to have something that is, again, like that knock your socks off situation where it's like, what if, what if you just say, I'm glad you're here. I think sometimes just taking a genuine interest in people is is one way of showing your gratitude for them. You know, it's it's less of a, a direct expression, uh, but you know, it's more of the walk in the walk. Yeah, and, and and you know, a final thought on this for me, Melissa, is I compare this and I use this analogy because I think it's spot on. I think you've heard me say this part of it before. I always chuckle when salespeople refer to rapport building and closing as stages of a sales process. 
And because I laugh, because what do you mean rapport building is a stage? You do it for five minutes and you're done. You never have to do it anymore. Like you're constantly trying to build relationships. You don't end rapport building, right? Right. So my comparison is there's two things I think we need to do as leaders that are akin to ongoing rapport building. One is effortless empathy and one is effortless gratitude. And what that means is you don't look at empathy and gratitude as acts to check off a box. Hey, I was empathetic today. Hey, I was grateful today. Good, I'm done. I did that off my list. If you're effortly, effortlessly empathetic and grateful, you're constantly looking for opportunities to be empathetic and grateful. And that's what has to happen. It can't be considered a chore or a burden or a box check or, oh, I have to be empathetic today or I have to be grateful today. Is Who can I appreciate today? Who can I thank today? Who can I be grateful for today? That's the mindset shift that's going to take place, Melissa. Mark, I think that's great. And, you know, in closing, I would also say that I would just share my final thoughts are, I guess I would give three tips from my personal experience. Um, I know everybody's probably heard of keeping a gratitude journal. And for, for me, I think it, it served exactly what you were just talking about. It, it seems to flip a switch in your brain where the automatic response becomes, God, that's, that coffee smells good. Wow, that is so great. And then you walk out of the house and the sun, oh my God, look at the sun. Oh, that's great. And it just, just continues to spill and, and gain momentum. So then naturally when somebody, not even necessarily when somebody does something, but just the sheer fact that they're there and they're contributing and you know, it's hard to not feel grateful. It just becomes your modus operandi. <laughs> um, so that's one thing that I, that I found to be very important for myself. And then I have two quick points on the way that I've kind of created a culture of gratitude in my business. We have a spot in our meetings that's basically um, a gratitude spot for each person. Not every single meeting. It's usually our on hand, our all hands meeting that would happen either weekly or biweekly. And we would just start the meeting by going around the table. Everybody takes like 30 seconds and just says what they're grateful for for the day. Um, and it's a, really a way of getting our, our, our hearts and our minds just kind of synced together in a way that um, I've just found that the energy in the room is more, um, it, it facilitates the flow and it's just comfortable and easy. Um, and then last but not least, when I have a day where I'm struggling and I'm really you know, having a hard time staying in the right headspace, I have found it to be so powerful to just sit down, grab a note card, I keep a, a bunch by my desk and think of someone and just write them a heartfelt note of gratitude. And it's for them and for myself, uh, um, you know, I've had some people call me in the past and say, wow, this one's, this one is going to stay with me forever. Um, so I would just put those, those things out that I've kind of stumbled on that have been helpful for me and hope that, uh, like you're saying earlier, don't just listen to this and move on, but, you know, please take some action because this is really powerful stuff. Yeah. And, and just to emphasize what Melissa is saying, heartfelt note. Before you start telling yourself heartfelt note, you need to block out a half hour of your day. Heartfelt note can be five minutes, a yeah. few lines, just to let someone, it's not, about it's not about quantity of words. It's just about the gesture of doing it. So great call, Melissa. So, well, Mark, I think this is a, this is a, a great topic. It's um, certainly timely, but there's also 
so much that's really evergreen. So I hope that this is uh, something that continue, continues to help our audience and their loved ones as well. I hope so too. And I want our listeners to remember that, you know, Melissa and I, but our respective companies, Franklin Professionals and Mindset Go, everything we do is based around habit change and based around facilitating sustainable long-term success and behaviors. So gratitude is one of our key ingredients to having that happen. So if you're trying to figure out, well, how can I use Mark and Melissa? They're talking about gratitude. Well, we can help you with the strategy and how to incorporate that, as Melissa said, into your culture, into your leadership team, et cetera, et cetera. All right, everyone. I have one last thing for you today. It's a question. What are you going to do now? I hope that you can take one thing from today and just do it or share it with your friends or your family or ideally do both. And then we would love to hear your feedback. What did you choose? What's the impact that you're seeing? Help us to continue to spread this word. Um, We're so appreciative for you being here and we appreciate that you care about this stuff and really care about making your operation and and the the lives of the people that you work with as best as can be. And of course, um, make the biggest impact on the business that you are leading. So next month, we are looking forward to having you back. We're going to be discussing new approaches to goal setting for your recruiting plans in 2021. I know I'm personally really excited to hear about some things that Mark has been developing that's brand new. So thank you again for being here. We look forward to hearing how things are moving forward as a result of the things you're learning and doing. And until next time, be well and be grateful. Thanks for joining us on the Catch Em and Keep Em podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe so you don't miss us next time. In the meantime, remember that engaging your people is a daily task and recruiting is a process, not an event. If you need help, just ask. Connect directly with Melissa at franklinprofessionals.com and Mark at mindsetgo.com.